Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous podcast on Instagram or Twitter, please follow me at Strict Anonymous, same name on both Instagram and Twitter, at Strict Anonymous. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or any other podcast app, make sure to follow or subscribe to my show. Click five stars if you love my show. If you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where everybody remains anonymous, which means I change everybody's voice. That's right. Every single voice you hear is tweaked. Most of the time, I give them all deeper voices. <laughs> so everyone sounds a lot deeper. It's funny because whenever I take it, the sound, the sound change off, the person always sounds like a chipmunk to me. Like the regular voice always sounds so odd. <laughs> but um. To the guest, their voice sounds odd because they know what their real voice sounds like. But to me, after I listen to it for a while, I'm like, this just sounds like a regular deep voice. But everybody's voice is so changed. Uh, you re they remain anonymous. You would re remain anonymous. If you want to call into the show, send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Also, if you want to call in and leave a confession, on my confessions hotline. I have a lot of confessions now. I'm going to start putting them together and make like made a little mini episodes, I think. I don't know. I'm try still trying to figure it out. But if you want to be a part of that and leave me anonymous confession, I change the voices on those too. Call my confessions hotline. You could call it 24-7. You got four minutes to leave a message. If you need longer time, just call back. The number's 347 420 3579. That's 347-420-3579. Now listen, my email address, my website, the uh, number to call in, that is all in the description of this episode. So if you're driving or walking around, you don't, you, you can't remember it, don't worry. It's there. Just go there for the information. <laughs> so stupid of me to say. Anyway, um, this is Fetish Fridays. Now, I am thinking to start a cross-dressing tier over on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous Podcast. I have so much extra cross-dressing content. I have so many episodes taped already. This poor guy who's calling in today. I taped him like almost two years ago, maybe. And I have like 10 more episodes already taped, but I can't, you know, put out a cross-dressing episode every single week. So I've been holding on to them. Um, so I am going to start a Patreon page dedicated just to crossovers for extra content plus a lot of pantyhose fetish content because I know that there's a crossover, go to my Patreon page. I think it's going to be $10. You're going to get 
extra episodes, at least two extra cross-dressing episodes a month, as well as all the pantyhose hoser episodes that I have on there already, which is probably like maybe 30 to 50 of them. I don't know, already up there, uh, as well as a community of other people who are exactly like you. I love my Patreon uh, page because it brings all my listeners together and I really try to create a sense of community over there. So if you're into cross-dressing and you want more additional content and you want to maybe even call into my show, send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com um, or join my Patreon. You can email me there, patreon.com slash strictlyanonymouspodcast. The link to my Patreon and my new tier will be in the description. Like I said, it's $10 a month. You could cancel it any time. And I will make sure to get pictures of my anonymous cross-dressing guests. So there will be pictures of the guests. There'll be extra content and all of that will be over on my Patreon. Last time, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. Anyway, today I have on Billy. Um, and uh, he called in to talk about the fact that he is into cross-dressing, he's into BDSM. He started cross-dressing when he was really young. Uh, He did talk, it was interesting because he felt like uh, his relationship or his lack of relationship with his father did kind of lead him into getting into BDSM. He's done a lot of therapy, he's still in therapy now. So we do talk about these connections that he made in therapy. Um, but he does talk about like when he started to fully dress and he started to wear makeup and, uh, then he started to play around with prostate massages and dildos. This is all stuff he was doing to himself and pegging. He was like really into pegging. Um, he eventually got married. His wife eventually found out that he was into cross-dressing, but what he started to do behind her back was that because he was into pegging, he got he started to go to a dom and that's when the whole bdsm thing started he found this one dom who was great who really taught him how to be a sub she was like gave him props was like you're a natural sub okay and he had all of his first experiences with her he loved being a sub she brought in another guy at some point uh, she called him a bull, but he like the guy, other guy showed up as a crossdresser and he was a little conflicted about that, but that actually wound up to be his first experience with a guy, but it was a guy dressed up, but he did top him. You know, the other guy topped him. And, uh, it's interesting when you hear about how he felt about that first experience, that same time also brought another woman into play with him and they did a lot of impact play and double penetration and he talks about that of course i always ask him how much everything costs because i'm always interested in that kind of stuff (laughs) um and you know and then he talks about you know how his wife found out that he was cross-dressing he talks about how he started cheating on his wife because you know he wanted to kind of prove himself to be more manly it was like his way of denying his feminine side We talk about how his wife felt when she found out he was cross-dressing, why it was so hard for her to accept it, all the thoughts that kept coming up in her mind. Of course, the ones that we all would think of, like, oh my God, are you gay? What does this mean? She did try to peg him once. He did show her all of his toys that he had, and he did expose the things that he was into. And like I said, she pegged him. She, he talks about how she felt about that. He's still in therapy now, you know, and he is still working through this with his wife. He still doesn't feel fully accepted by her. He still has a fear that she wouldn't fully accept him if she knew exactly everything that he was into. Uh, and we talk about how he could go about getting her to accept him fully and how he needs to communicate more and what he should communicate and, you know, the things that he can do to try to get his wife on board with his fetish and kinks. Does that all that make sense? I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Billy. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. 
Hey, Philly. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, thanks. So I'm not sure how you found my show, but you sent in an email saying you wanted to call in. I think the only two things I know is that you're a cross-dresser. Well, three things. You're a cross-dresser. You're also into BDSM, and you're also married. So my first question would be, I mean, I have a million questions, but my first question would be, does your wife know about like your cross-dressing and your BDSM or is all this stuff a total secret life that, you, that you're living? So she knows a little bit about the cross-dressing, but not the BDSM uh, part of it. Oh, okay. Interesting. So first of all, how long have you been married? 25 years. Okay. And how old are you now? 55. So, like, half your life, you're married to the same woman. Is she the only one that you ever told a little bit about your cross-dressing? Were you, did you start cross-dressing, like, when you were married to her? Was, or was that something that started way before her? No, I started cross-dressing when I was, like, eight years old. Oh, interesting. Okay, and so, like, full-on. Let's start there, when you were, like, super young. How, when do you, like, how does it start up for you at that young age? Mine actually started with, like, a foot fetish. Mm-hmm. Some, some, for some reason, I think it was, I was looking at some like, porn, like uh, not porn magazines, but like Hustler Playboy magazine, mm-hmm. and I was really attracted to the woman's foot, uh-huh. and so sort of like to reproduce that look, like once I, you know, hid the magazines back where they were, I would put on my mother's shoes. Okay. And then it just progressed from there to like her shoes then the pantyhose, and then I wanted the full outfit on. And then sort of when I got sort of in adolescence, it became like a turn-on for me. Right. So and when you were doing I, it when you were super no. young, you weren't, even, you weren't making that connection yet, right? Because you were too young to even make that connection. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever get and caught? So, I mean, because you were like dipping into your mom's stuff. Did you ever get busted by anyone? No, not at that age, no. I never got busted then, though. Okay, cool. So you're, like, going into your mom's room. I was a latchkey kid. Oh, right. I think we all were back then. Our parents didn't fucking pay attention to us. (laughs) It's very different than nowadays. Right. So I was home alone a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And my mom worked, like, an hour from home, and she never got home early. And where my room was, I could always see when someone was coming home anyway. Right. So it was very safe for you to do this. Did you have brothers or sisters? Three sisters. Oh, okay. Did you ever dip into their stuff as well? <laughs> my my older sister, yeah. I had two younger sisters, but my older sister's stuff, yeah, because when I was young, I could fit a lot of her stuff. Fit you a lot better than your mom's stuff, right? Right. Yeah, okay. So now you become like you're you're trying it all on when you're like eight, but then when you get to be an adolescent, it starts to turn you on. Yes. Very much. Mm-hmm. And so I would do it like every chance I got. And now would you put the stuff back soiled? No, 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 no. I was very careful about that. Okay. I've never, never I don't know why I always ask that question, but I always, because it always blows my mind how many young kids are doing shit like this. And then they're like throwing the pantyhose or the panties back in their mom's drawers or their sisters and they're jizzing in it. And I'm just no. like, oh my God. You no, didn't do no, that. I okay, was good. Very yeah, I was very careful about that. Okay, cool. So I never did any makeup or facial stuff. It was always just the clothing. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I was about, I'm going to say seventh grade, about some adolescent males get like um, gynecomastia, like breast tissue. Yeah, uh-huh. I had a I had a guy on here that had that. And he actually got like a breast reduction because he had so much of it. Yeah, I didn't have that much of it, but... Uh-huh. It kind of started making me a little confused because I was growing this breast tissue and I was wearing these clothes and then I started getting like, what is, what's going on? And, and it kind of bothered me for like several years. Yeah, that is very interesting. It's funny because that guy, I don't know if you ever listened to his episodes. He's been on a bunch of times and it turned out that that guy, you know, had these breasts, grew them when he was super young had them removed, you know, because he was really young. But it turns out he's a cross-dresser now and he's wanting his boobs back, you know. And I wonder, and I'm sure that people study this, whether 
you know, because it's all hormones, right? Breasts are, are grown through hormones. Right. So I wonder if like a, a, a boy at that age is growing breasts because he has more female hormones. And if that comes into play with what you, why you were choosing to cross dress. Did you ever think of that? Yes. You know, I guess we'll get into it later, but I've done a lot of research and just self introspective looking oh, right. at so, what's going on. Yeah, and what, what did you come up with? Like, Because that would be interesting to me because that's what I would just think logically, you know, and I just wonder, like, in your research, what did you find out? Well, you know, for me, the, the, the breast tissue went away, like, as I, as I started growing. I guess my testosterone boosted. I went to the doctor, and he said it was okay, and it was going to go away, and it did. Yeah. But through my research of just what was going on, which I kind of by the time I was 50, I was like, I got to find out what's going on. So I think that there is some type of hormonal thing, actually even during pregnancy that happens because the hormones don't just hit your genital area. They hit your whole body. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's some of it that, that affects some of your brain tissue and gives you a propensity if stimulated the right way in the right environment that you could have gender issues or... Yeah, You know, gender, I don't want to call them issues because it makes it sound bad, but you could have things with your gender that could change or it could put you sort of in between the genders or I think there's some of that. And I think some of it's that and then some of it's the environment you're in. For me, I actually went to therapy because I had to figure it out. I was just getting too far into the to the cross-dressing and the pornography and the um, the feminization fetishes and I just had to figure it out. And, um, the part about me with the shoes with my mom was I didn't grow up with my mom. I didn't live with her till I was like seven. Uh-huh. And then when I was seven, she married again and then she had two more kids and it kind of, I think it disconnected our bonding. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a way for me to bond with her. And then from that, the turn on part also kicked in and it just, it made me feel good. So I was bonding with her. I was feeling good. And then I just kind of, if I felt good with pantyhose in stock, I mean, in shoes, then how am I going to feel if I put panties in a bra on? And then how am I going to feel if I put all of it on? And, and it just kept growing from there. I also, my, I didn't grow up with my father either, and that kind of plays into my getting into the BDSM side of it because it sort of got into when I'm dressed, wanting to have sex like a woman with a man, and it kind of got into that. But in college, it kind of the, the desire sort of went away. I think it was just because of the environment when I was in. There was no chance of it really except when I came home for vacations, and I would go right back to it. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty, secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Oh, interesting. So when there wasn't a chance or for you to do it safely, you were able to disconnect from those feelings and and, and you were just like focused on other things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except, you know, for the vacations. When I came home, as soon as I got a chance. You clicked right back in. Yeah, that's interesting that you were able to disconnect so easily from it and then just go right back to it. So it's not like it wasn't there. It was just like you just knew you couldn't. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I didn't feel safe doing it in that environment. Yeah. Uh-huh. But wait, I so, really care. Um, it's interesting to me about the whole because you really explored it. Right. I'm always just taking guesses. Right. When I'm talking to people. But I love the psychology behind this kind of stuff. And I love that you've done a lot of looking into it 
on your own. Now, why do you think, because you mentioned that you felt like because you grew up without a dad or you weren't, you know, you never saw him, that you, the BDSM came from that. Why do you think that that, or like, what did your therapist or what did you find out in therapy? How do you think that that was connected? Like, how is that related? Well, you know, the cross-dressing progressed to, with the internet and everything, progressed to you know, like I said, the cock fantasies and the wanting to dress up like a woman and then have sex, you know, have penetrative sex. Yeah. Right. And I think, well, first let me say this. So when I was doing the, the phone sex and the internet and the, and doing that, they sort of, the phone sex call ladies sort of, they give you a name and then they started, you know, like saying, don't you want to be penetrated? And they didn't say it that way, but and then you're just like into it and you say like, yeah, it's like a progression. You progress to that because you're a woman yeah. and don't you want to feel like giving yourself to a man? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was like a thing of getting attention from a man. Uh-huh. Because you didn't you know, have it growing it. up. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you make that connection for yourself, there's something to that. I don't know that that's for every person, but for you, you put that together. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it when I was doing it, but when I've gone to therapy and, and, and thought about it more and more, I think that's what it was. And then, of course, uh, for me, it actually feels really good, too. So it just heightened the orgasms and the whole experience got like even better. Yeah. So it's kind of like multiple things playing into it at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Everything. There's so many things that go into it. That's why I could talk to, you know, 50 people with different fetishes. And if you go back to their childhood and everything, you have to take everything into consideration. That all leads up to who someone becomes and how they express themselves and what kind of stuff they're working out, you know, and how they're working it out. A lot of times there's reasons for it. You know, I I don't think every cross-dresser didn't have a dad, you know, like I said, isn't going to have the exact connections you have. But for you, this is what you came to. And that makes sense for you, right? Now, do you... very much. Now, when did you start having sex with women? And when did you start, like, dabbling with guys? And is that what sent you into therapy because you were super confused? So when I was in high school, I had sex at, like, 16. Uh Uh-huh. With women, with a woman. Yeah, with a woman. Okay. I never really wanted to have sex with a guy, like, and was never really attracted to guys. Yeah. And like I said, I went to college. It's the the feelings. I mean, I kind of set the cross-check dressing aside, except when I came home. Yeah. And then I went to grad school too, and just dabbled in it a little bit. And then when I actually, when I got married, about maybe two years after I got married, was sort of right around. Internet was starting to get bigger. And it was easier to sort of look at the internet versus the phone calls because the phone calls is more of a track record. You could kind of hide the internet if you were careful. Yeah, for sure. So I went on the internet and it just got, it just got more and more because I I started buying my own clothes, my own shoes, and I just kept progressing until I did try to like, you know, change my face and wear makeup and, and hair and wigs and all that stuff. And I got to a point where I was like, what is going on here? Like, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And I need to find out what I'm doing. So I started trying to find out and it was kind of hard to find information. But eventually I did started, start finding some good information instead of the bad information. Uh-huh. And I explored the things about different genders. And then the cross-dressing thing, after I was playing with dildos and and prostate massagers myself, I kind of wanted, like I found out about pegging and I kind of wanted somebody to do the pegging and I knew my wife wasn't going to be into it. So I went to a dom. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you started seeing doms behind her back. Well, yeah, just one. It was one person, but yeah, Mm -hmm. several times. Right, right, right. Yes. And how was that experience? It was fantastic. <laughs> That's why it was several times. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I got lucky in that she was, she was not one that was just like into the money and I'm just going to do it and take your money. She kind of, she actually gave me some books to read about being a sub first before mm-hmm. she saw me. Mm-hmm. And I read them. And then when I met her the first time, 
afterwards, she was like, you're a natural sub. Right. She was like, this is really you. And it was like the first time really that I could like be myself, like what I wanted to do behind closed doors. Yeah. I mean, I got dressed up. She said I was pretty. She called me all kinds of, you know, names that I wanted to be called. And I got pegged and it was really good. And, and then I wanted to meet her again. So, and I did like, I've met her four times. Mm -hmm. In fact, my last time was canceled because of COVID, you know, she's not doing anything during COVID and I wouldn't want to anyway, but, um, Oh, okay. So this is like a recent thing. Yeah. This is a recent thing. Like over the last, I meet her like twice a year. So it's been over the last three years now that COVID kicked in. So about three years. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now before her, and I don't want to, I don't want to lose track of that story, but before you started seeing this Dom, had you ever, cause you've been married for 25 years, right? Had you ever seen men on the side while you were cross-dressed or anything like that? No, no, I'm not. I know this is kind of weird cause I've heard your show before and I'm one of these guys who's not really attracted to men. Yeah, no, I've heard Unless it millions of times up. now. Uh huh. Before <laughs> I, I did my no show, sense. I'd be like, "What the fuck?" But I, I hear that across the board. Like, not interested, and oh, you know, I'm not interested in men. It's just that when you're dressed up as a woman, right? That's when you would want to be with a man. But you've never been with a man, have you? Well, just one time. So, what the third time I met the dom, you mm-hmm. know, after I had met her the first two times. You know, we were talking, and she was like, well, what do you want? And this, they kind of give you a smorgasbord of things to pick from from what you want. Yeah. And I said, I said to her, I want to try a, a real cock because I like the strap-on so much, so let me try a real cock and see if I like it. Yeah. And she had told me, you know, before that she had these, she called them bulls that could yeah. come in on the scene and, and do all that. So the third time I said, you know, I want to try a cock. And she said, okay. She said, but the person that I have, he's a cross dresser too. And he wants to dress up when he does it. Oh no. Isn't that, doesn't that defeat the purpose for you? Well, in a way it does, but, and she said he would do it either way. Oh, okay. And Uh I think I kind of got chickened out about him doing it as the guy. So I said, okay, let him do it. Let him dress too. And, and so we had that scene play out and I didn't really like it as much as I liked the strap on. Interesting. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I just didn't really like it where I was like the next time I want to do that again that way. Mm-hmm. But I did tell her that I want to do it the next time with him as a guy to see if I like it that way. Did you do it the next time with a, with him as a guy? No, we got, we got, we got blocked out by COVID the oh. next time I was supposed to go it was supposed to be him as a guy mm-hmm. and we never got to do it. So I never got to do it. Right. Now it's interesting that he would want to be dressed up as a woman, but still be like a top, like top you. Cause you would think he was like, was like you would want it. Cause most of the time, you know, I find from the guys that call in who like to cross dress, they're the sub in this situation. Like they're the, it, right, it, right, right, right. Yes. That's most of the time. Yes. Yeah, maybe you would enjoy it more. Let me ask you this. Just these are I always just like to know how much shit costs for some reason. <laughs> like how much does those dominatrix sessions with her alone cost and then how much when she brings in the ball? Okay, so hers her let me just let me try to think. Hers was $300 for the first hour. Mhm. But you're not going to it'll be better if you do 2 hours which was $400 for an additional hour. Mhm. And then a hundred dollars to bring him in, or oh, another so, woman in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred extra so dollars. Three hundred dollars first hour. Every hour after that, a hundred dollars, and then a hundred dollars for someone else to come in. Right now, the first time you met her, how many hours did you spend with her? Two. Two hours. Two hours, yeah. And was it like the best two hours of your life? I'm trying to think, was it that time or the time after? But yeah, probably one of the two times. I mean, I think the second time I was a little more relaxed, so it was yeah. even better than the first time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the first time it's new, it's you don't know what to expect, it's exciting. So that time was really good, too. Yeah. And like I said, I got lucky with her because she's like really into the psychology of it. She's just not like somebody who's dressing up to make some money. 
Yeah, but that's the real deal. But I have to say, and that's another thing that really surprised me when I started to talk to the BDSM community right on my show. I've had a couple Mm -hmm. of people on that are really into BDSM, hardcore, especially very early on. Like in the first, I've been doing my show for six years. One of the first guys I talked to was a a professional dom. We call, I forgot what his name, oh, Power Man. That was his name. And he was the first person who told me that there is so the psychology. There's a lot of that involved with BDSM, where I think the regular general public thinks BD, it's all about sex. But right, the real people that are really into it. There's a lot of, and I was surprised. I was like, wow, it takes so much work to be a sub. I mean, they have you writing shit, doing homework, you know, all this stuff. And that's yeah, yeah and that's that's the real deal. Like she's like a real dumb. Like that's the way. It typically goes in that world. That's what I find found through talking to people. Right. And she was, you know, like after the session was over, she wouldn't let me leave. And I was exhausted. I mean, like she took everything out of me and she was like, no, you have to sit here. You have to drink water. You have to eat a protein bar. She like, then she called me later. Like the next day, she's like, we have to have a follow up the next day. So you can tell me like what was good, what was bad, what went right, what went wrong, what do you want to do next time? She like checked it, checked in on me. I was like, whoa, what is going on here? And, <laughs> yeah, um, she's so I got, she's yeah, good at so her maybe job. Maybe I didn't get lucky. Yeah, but maybe that's just how things are. And the other thing about it to me too was, and when I was reading the books that she gave me, there's something about being honest and true to yourself and that it's like liberating mm-hmm. and it's like really like exhilarating to just like let everything go and just be yourself instead of being afraid to tell somebody what you really like or don't like or what you really want to do or not do and then not having them judge you about it just say oh wow let's just try that that's good let's do this or if they don't want to do it the ability to say yeah hey, i kind of don't like that and then the other person said okay that's cool and not and there's no like judgment zone in there Yeah, and I'm assuming since you had, you know, you've been with your wife for 25 years and you never strayed before that this was the first time you were able to do that when you were with this dominatrix. Yeah. Let me be honest. I'm not going to say it's the first time I ever strayed. Oh, okay. Well, okay. (laughs) When did you stray before? um, Probably several times. With Um, women. Yes, with women. Mm-hmm. And But I think what was happening, or I know what was happening, because I've, I've, like I said, I've been in therapy, is I was chasing away this feminine feeling by trying to... Prove to yourself you're into women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and sort of, you know, we're from, I think we're from sort of the same era where, like, being a man was was somewhat associated with how many women you could be with. And I was sort of doing that. Right. That makes good. sense. But, um, but I was chasing away these feminine feelings cause I didn't understand them. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just, I was kind of just not, I was just kind of messed up in the head about the whole thing. It was nothing that your wife wasn't doing or wasn't bringing to the table. There were no issues between you and her. It was more about something that you were going through. No, there were some issues which mm-hmm. I think made it easier to, to justify it. Uh-huh. So I think there were issues. In fact, yeah, there were there definitely were issues and I was just trying to that that just gave me justification. Well, then I can go try this and do this because things aren't really going so great, you know, in the bedroom or whatever in our relationship. So I kinda but those were all with women and those were kinda like, you know, one night stand type of deals there was no like other relationship per se Uh uh-huh just Um, sex yeah just sex and um and there there is uh when i like i said 50 was sort of like i kind of like said i gotta figure things out here is that when you started to tell your wife about the cross-dressing or did you tell her earlier no i i did but she said that she suspected something weird because of the clothes i was wearing (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) well she you know, typically f- from the time we were married, like I did my own laundry and she did her own laundry. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know one, like, you know, 20 something years go by or 20 years go by. She's never done my laundry. Yeah. And one day she did my laundry. Now I wouldn't put anything really frilly in there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. 
That mm-hmm. was on a separate place. That was hidden. But she saw these underwear, and I call them stealth underwear. They're like, they're panties, but they don't look like them unless you like, I don't even know how you could tell, because they're usually like black and they're, or they're, you know, white or something, nothing that would be obviously feminine. Yeah. But she said she saw those, and she was like, these are kind of weird, and she knew that I was wearing like, she says they were skinny jeans. I can't even fit skinny jeans, but they were like <laughs> slim jeans. Um, right. My legs are too big for skinny jeans, but they were yeah. like slim jeans. And I had some like women's V-neck sweaters, and you know they come a little cut a little lower. And I would wear stuff like that. And I was I was a big time like I wear un, you know panties and bras under my clothes mm-hmm. a lot. While you're with and, her, uh, and she has no idea. Sometimes. Okay, interesting. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. But not mostly just to work. Mm-hmm. So she saw those and she was like, oh, that's kind of weird, but never said anything about it. And then when I started going to the therapist and then she, she kind of helped me at least tell her that I was a cross-dresser, mm-hmm. which now I don't even say I'm a cross-dresser anymore. I just say cross-dressing is something I do. Right. something I am. I'm mm-hmm. way more than a cross-dresser. I'm, I'm all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. it's something that I do. You know, it took a while to just own it and say that it was okay and not, you know, go through the whole, I went through the whole, well, maybe you're gay and then maybe you want to change gender and maybe mm-hmm. you're something different or whatever. And I kind of got rid of all that. Or figured therapy. it out, like, right? No. Yeah, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heterosexual. Mm-hmm non-transitioning mm-hmm. person who cross-dresses. Right. And that's fine. Now, how did you so, tell your uh, wife? Because that's pretty ballsy. And, like, uh, how did that conversation go? And I give your therapist props uh, for, like, helping you or leading you in that direction and helping you make that happen. Because that's huge, I would think. Yeah. Oh, it was huge. And it was... And, it, and the thing... One of the reasons I didn't want to tell her because she has this image of me of... You know, I, was, I played football in college. Yeah. I, I was like, you know, the man, manliest of man. Of mm-hmm. man you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I just, A manly man, man. And, <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. I knew that this would sort of, you know, hurt her. And I, so that's one of the reasons I didn't want to tell her. But with the therapist's help, they tell you to sit them down. And sometime when you're not arguing, fighting, not in bed, and just, you know, tell them that you love them and, there's something that you, you know, you haven't told them because you want to, didn't want to hurt them. And, and you didn't, you tell them that you didn't understand it yourself and try to explain why you never told them. And, and, um, and she was very hurt by it. And, mm-hmm. and she said, and I know I've read about this. So people say, well, I'm hurt that you didn't tell me, but I don't think that's the only reason that they're hurt. I think they're hurt because the image of you that they had has been shattered. For sure. I remember having a, then, a man on the a call who was talking about his own sort of sexuality, but he also spoke about the fact that he had a daughter who had transitioned. And I was like, how, you know, what was that like for you? Because I think a lot of times we just focus on the person transitioning and we talk about how great that is for them. But I think what people forget about is that for the parent or the person that's close to that person, there's like a death involved, right? Of who that person was to that other person. And I think that as great as it is for the person that's coming out and explaining who they are, you have to feel for the person who's receiving that news because they're going to go through something. And like I said, it is like a death for that person. Yeah. And then of course they don't understand it because hell, we don't understand it really like why we really are into it. And then they have a million questions. Uh Uh-huh. So this is, you know, five years ago. So you know, this is after Bruce Jenner and all that stuff that went on with him. Yeah. So, of course, are you gay? Do you want to transition? Do you want to be with men? Are you bisexual? And the thing that I struggled with was, even though I told her no, and I meant no, like, two months later, she asks again. Six months later, she asks again, are you gay? Are you, are you sure? You know, and it keeps going, and you kind of want it to be over, but they are then carrying this tremendous burden because they can't tell anybody. Right. And think about how long you, it took for you to figure out, you know, what that meant for yourself. And now, you know, she's only a year into knowing this shit. You know what I mean? It's going to, it takes a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
it was it was like looking back on it it was very selfish not to tell somebody because mm-hmm. and some of this i is crazy as it sounds but i learned more from reading those bdsm books it would have been better to with any relationship to tell them exactly who you are mm-hmm. and then let them decide if they can love you that way right of course mm-hmm. and you know to me, that's the that's the sort of unknown beauty of BDSM. You you ask for what you want, and the person has the right to to acknowledge it or do it or not do it. Right. But then you're everything's out in the open. You're not hiding anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and know, there's no you, judgment. You, there's no judgment, and if they if they're into you, they're into you. Yeah. And you don't have to hide all the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, I knew that 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 was going to be rough for her because she thought she had this, you know, manly football player, man, you know, does all this yard work, cuts the grass, sticks his stuff around the house, you know, big, strong guy. And, and then you're wearing panties all the time. What, what the hell? Yeah. You know, so it, yeah. So it was really hard. And, and uh, like I said, she kept questioning it for probably two or three years. I would say she's, she questioned it, Mm -hmm. bring it back up about my, about my sexuality. And then, you know, through some conversations, I did try, you know, tell I wanted to get into some anal play. So that brings it up again. You want anal play? What do you want to cock? You want to get, what, like, what do you, I thought you said you weren't gay. And yeah, then, totally. So it's very difficult. It would have been much better if I probably wouldn't have gotten married to her because she probably wouldn't have wanted to be into it. Yeah. But um, it would have been much better if I was, even if with what I knew at the time, could have told her. Yeah. But Uh, I also think when someone doesn't tell you something and they live a lie for a a long time, it makes it harder to believe that person when they do tell you the truth. Whereas there's a difference that I think if you enter into a relationship and say straight up, hey, listen, I want you to know I like to cross dress, but I'm not into guys at all. Right. I just like to, you know, dress up. But like, you know, I do like pegging, but I prefer to be like, you know, a dildo with a woman than a real cock. That's not what I'm into. I feel like that's more believable and somebody would understand that more or be more trusting of that information because that person was honest about everything else. Why wouldn't they tell me? Whereas when you've been with someone for 20 something years and they never told you anything and now they told you that they did lie, you, you're going to not believe yep. them that they don't also because you lied about that other stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? So right, it's not right, that right. if you were honest with her up front, maybe she would have been like, no way. I think that, be, you know, you maybe she would have been more accepting of it and more trusting of of everything and she would have accepted the fact that you didn't like guys and believe that more because you were honest so you know there's a chance of that anyway there's a chance of that of course yeah yeah anyway but go on so uh, over time like so did she ever peg you no no she's not gonna do that well i take that back i take that back i take that back two months after i told her and, of course, there were several conversations in between that two months. One night, we were in bed, and she was like, I want to see the toys, because I had a lot of toys. Yeah. Like, I want to see your toys. So I was like, okay. That same night, first she said, no, first she said, I want to see you, like, dressed in this stuff that you wear. So I was like, oh, wow, that's great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere. Yeah. So I put on a bra and put on some panties and they, you know, there was a set that I had. It was actually like, I think the might've been the first, well, not wasn't the first set I bought, but it was really nice. Mm-hmm. So I put that on, I got the toys out and she did fuck me with the dildo that night. Oh, okay. But no time since then. That was about three years ago. Oh, interesting. Well, did you feel like she was into it? Did you feel like it was she wasn't into it? Like, how come it was never done again? I think she struggles with the sexuality issue of it. Yeah. uh I mean, we're both very, I mean, we're both go to church a lot. Like, we're both very religious in a way, in a sense. Uh And um, I don't think she can get past, like, what it means um, on a religious level. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think she can get past it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So she did it that yeah. one time. Did you enjoy it or yeah. was it awkward? Yeah. I love, I love, 
I love it. Did you I ever try it. to bring it up again? Like, how did it come up that time and that it was done? And then how come it never came up again? Did you sense that she wasn't? I think, I think she was trying to, like, see everything that I was into at, at that point. Yeah. We had talked about different things and, you know, when do you dress? How often do you dress? Do you watch porn when you dress? This, that, and the other thing. And so we were sort of, because we went to therapy too. I've left that out. We went to therapy too. Together, okay. And Right, yeah, together, couples therapy. And in the process of that, we were making progress because, you know, after 20 years, you have all kinds of things that have never been fully, you know, brought out into the open. You have all these little pockets of things that you never explored. Yeah. If you don't have that kind of relationship, you know, you kind of leave them alone because they're going to be difficult or whatever. Yeah. So in the process of trying to get all these things, you know, sorted out, I think she was trying to see like exactly what I was into. Mm -hmm. And so in the process of that, she wanted to see like, I think like, what did I look like in lingerie? And yeah, what if I, you know, like, what did I, what was it like if she, if, you know, she did fuck me with a dildo or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I I brought up toys again, but more of toys for her. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not into toys. I don't want to be into toys. I don't like toys. She kind of thinks of the toys as almost that something's wrong with her that we have to bring toys in. And oh, I try to tell her, no, it's, it's more of an enhancing thing. It's just to make the experience better. Yeah. But she's not really into toys, and I'm really into toys, so... But you've never um, asked her, like, hey, can we use my toys again? No. Mm-hmm. No. No, I haven't. Okay. You know, I don't know where, where it's going to go from here. I think I I have a lot. I mean, I have a lot of clothes. I right. have. I have. But the problem is, leading up to that time when I told her, and even up to the last, up until about three years ago, I was home a lot, even now alone a lot. Yeah. So I was dressing maybe three times a week. And now, especially with COVID, there's no time to dress, really. Right. Even though she knows it, you don't do it in front of her. No, I don't do it in front of her. Right. So what's happened, though, is it like the cross-dressing is like I've learned to know, like it's a part of like it's something that I like. Yeah. And it does all kinds of things for me is the reason I like it. Since I can't just at my house dress up with nobody there, I'm like, I notice like I'm pushing the envelope in my regular clothing. So I do, like I underdress even more now. Like I used to not wear the bras to work as much. Right. It would be like if I had a suit on and I could hide it all. Mm-hmm. So now I wear the bras more, which means I have to, wear more stuff to cover the bra straps and all of that. And of course I wear the panties and the stockings and I've probably been getting my toes done for like a, about five years now. With po- so with color polish? Time. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you go to a, a salon to have that done? Yes. Mm-hmm. Although I'm pretty good at it too. I just YouTubed it and practiced and I'm pretty good at it too, but I like to go into the salon because they really get it. Yeah, you know, exactly. Really yeah. Yeah really neat. But anyway, so I wear that. And then I wear a lot of women's jeans, a lot of women's sweaters. I even wear some like light makeup. So what I, what I get from that is though it's, it's part of me and it has to express itself. Right. And trying to not express it and hide it and not do it. It just makes the urge even more. Yeah. Not going anywhere. Now, when you guys did couple therapy, you and your wife, did you discuss this kind of stuff? Not, it was more about our relationship right. more than this, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't more, it wasn't really about the cross-dressing. Right, okay. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was more about our relationship. Don't you think it would help? I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm still in therapy about the cross-dressing. Like and once a month, I, I Zoom the cross, I mean, Zoom the counselor. And yeah. actually what we're working on now is, what what are the benefits of exploring it more with her and what are the what are the negatives and i think she's trying to get me to see the that it's that they're more positive than negatives and yeah. it will relieve some of the stress in the relationship 
because we both kind of know it's there. It's kind of like this elephant in the room. Yeah, you're already halfway there. Like you're. That's what. That's why I was like wondering why you haven't. You know finish what you started I mean I, I think you know what you did that first initial conversation is that's that's a really hard part taking that first step right. and really letting someone know and now all the other stuff is like the work that you have to do after to get them to like accept it and to get them to be interested in it. you know it, you, she kind of accepted it she dabbled in it a little bit but the fact that you guys haven't five years later Right. You're not at a place where she's using those toys with you more or that you could maybe cross-dress home more in front of her. Kind of yeah, sucks, you would think. you Because I think you can get there with her. But I think it, you need more, you need to communicate more with her and she needs to understand it more. Listen, you didn't even understand it and you're you. Look, think about how long you were in therapy trying to figure it out. So it's even harder to explain to her, you know, but she... I think if you do, that could really help. And especially if you had a mediator. It's probably my fear of it, actually, more than anything. Of course. Than, than it is hers. And what is the fear? What would the fear be? Like, in, it would, I mean, you'd have to know kind of more about my relationship with her, but she's very, she's very critical. And like I said, she's very religious. And so she'll bring those things in and it's, it kind of brings me back to a point where, like, you're doing something really wrong here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Right. And you don't want to feel that way. Yeah. But, I mean, at, at some point, I have to get to that point where I can at least discuss it with her more. And, you know, my, my cross-dressing is, is a little, it's just got a little bit of a nuance to it in that, like, I've realized over the years, like, even when I'm cross-dressing, I don't want to wear a wig and make my face look feminine. I just like the way I look as a man cross-dressed. Right. So Interesting. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. No, it's everyone different. has a different, everyone expresses them itself differently depending on who I talk to. So for you, right. it's like you like that you're a man dressed as a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, like I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't get to, to have the guy as a guy, but. Like I, I like the woman with the strap on and then I like the women that have a cock too. That's kind of like where I went in the porn stuff that I was doing. It was either yeah. that uh -huh. or, or, um, like feminization and, um, what they call sissification, but there's so many variations of that. Right. But that's where I went with porn stuff. So I like the woman with the cock or the strap on more than like just, you know, just a man. looking uh, visually appealing to me than just a man with the cock. And I, you know, mm -hmm. I've just never been attracted to men like that, per se. So. And don't you feel like if you could really explain that to her and make her feel that that is your truth, that she would be better with the cross-dressing and the pegging and that kind of stuff? Like maybe her block is that she thinks it means you're gay and then, you know, what does that mean with her? She's not good enough for you. You know what I'm saying? That if she could really know the truth that you know, which is that you're not into guys, I think maybe that would help her. Yes, yes. It needs to be reinforced. But let me ask you this. I mean, you were with a guy recently, right? So everyone that's listening is like, wait, he was just with a guy, right? We got to remember that. So, you right. know, how did you feel after that? As far as like, did that confuse you as somebody that had never been with a guy before? Yeah, I wasn't confused about it. I did think about it, though. I was like, you know, for about maybe maybe a week or so, I thought about it a lot and tried to like, you know, process it. Like, did I yeah. like it? Did I not like it? What didn't I like about it? Yeah. And, you know, he was dressed as a woman. So I sort of concluded in my head that, you know, one, the strap on felt better than the real cock for one. Yeah. Interesting. And then the second thing is maybe I was okay with that because it was sort of like, it was like a chick with a dick. That's what I like when I go to porn. Like I look at trans transsexuals with cocks. Yeah. So that was sort of fade into my, my fantasy land in my fantasy world. But I did want to find out like, 
if I, I that's why I asked her the next time, can we do it with him just as a guy? Right, because you want to just make sure whether that's it. Do you discuss this stuff with your therapist? That like, does your therapist know you've been to a dom? No, no, okay, no, no, no. What we really talk about and and go into is sort of, you know, they're always going to go back to your childhood. Yeah. And so that's how I sort of have have come to know that some of it's just not bonding with my mom and then some of it is this, the sexual thrill of it and then some of it, as later on I found out, was there is some issues with my father because I, I didn't really, I've only seen him like three times ever. Yeah. And so there were some issues there. So she doesn't know about the, 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 um, the going to the dom now. Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't know about that. Right. But like I was saying, and like when we, when I've gone to her, like we've, I've tried all, I've tried like a lot of different things just because I was free to try them actually. Yeah. And so at first, you know, I went to her just to, just to be able to dress freely and try the pegging. Right. That was the first thing I went to her for. for. Uh And then the next time, the second time it was, I did some what they call impact play and then some light bondages where she tied my legs up or my hands up. And then the third time was with the cross-dressed guy. Yeah. And then the fourth time she actually brought a woman in. Oh, I didn't know about the fourth time. Okay. Tell me that's right. Yeah. 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 The fourth time, but she was, she didn't really do anything to me per se. Mm-hmm. It was almost like she was, she was like a voyeur person. And she just liked to watch. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, yeah. So she didn't really do much to me in terms of touching me or me touching her or anything. Mm-hmm. Was she, what role did she take? Was she a, a sub watching? Was she a dom, you know, ordering you around? Yeah, she took a dom role, though, because I had to call her mistress, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. Right. So it was like having two doms yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. But she was more watching. And I mean, she, and they tied me up more. And I got more impact play with like whips and, and different things that they were hitting me with. Uh-huh. And actually, I kind of like that too, because I like the, they didn't hurt me, but there was like a little, oh, I would say there was a little pain there, but it wasn't like bad pain. Yeah. Somebody hits you one time and you kind of, your skin kind of stings. Yeah. It was kind of like that, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And then I liked the, I liked the being tied up because I think the kind of job I have and the kind of responsibilities I have, like to just actually let go and be responsible for nothing. Yeah, that's what they say a lot of times. something that I like. So um, she, the only thing she really did was she did wear a strap on and they made me suck it. And then, you know, I got double penetration from the front and the back. And then she played with herself like standing over me. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was really into that. I was like, I was surprised, but she was like really into me not being able to touch her. Right. Her being like literally like an inch from my nose. I mean, it was like, and she was really into that. And um, she did some of the impact play as well. That time I actually stayed three hours and her daughter is a, like a cosmetologist person. Mm -hmm. And she came in and like made up my whole face. And that was the first time I had ever had that done. Wait, that's a little fascinating. We're going to end yeah. on this story because we're almost at an hour. But wait a second. This woman is a dominatrix. Is she doing this at her house? No, they have a play space that I think several doms rent. Okay. And it is a house. It's like in the middle of this really nice neighborhood. It's like, how, how is this going on? So they rent the space. And it looks like a house from the outside. But the whole first floor is just all kinds of devices and, and places to tie you into and crosses that tie you up. And then upstairs, there's two more rooms. And one is for medical play, for people into medical fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then one, I've never been in the other room. And then, of course, the bathroom is up there where you go up and shower and get ready and all that. But So wait a second. So this woman's daughter is in on it. I mean, I guess the daughter knows that she's a dom and she brings her daughter in to do the oh, makeup. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. fascinating. Absolutely. Is she watching Absolutely. or she's not in the room when it's happening? Is no, she? she just she just made me up and did the How makeup. How old's the daughter? I want to say like 22. And how old's the mom? Like in her 40s? The mom's like, our, like my age. Like I'd, I'd say she's about 
fifty. Okay, cool. So she's fifty. Is she hot? Um, oh, that's a no. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, she's 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 very pretty. Yeah. Like Middle Eastern look to her face. Yeah. But she's like kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say I would say she's like full figured in a way. Oh, okay, so she's, she's not like skinny, you know, like 36, 26, 36. But one of the things I like about her when she's pegging me is when she puts her weight on me for some reason. Oh, you like, like to be smothered from behind, and she leans on me. Yeah. Oh my God, that just gives me that drives me nuts. And she's heavy, so it's like even better, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, right. I don't know. It's just like I love the weight of her on me for some reason. Like, if you could have whatever you wanted in your future, that would be the most ideal situation. What would it? What would that look like? Is that your wife fully knowing, and you could do these things that you're doing with the dominatrix with your wife? Would you want your wife yeah. to know about the bondage stuff that you're into as well, or do you like the way you have it now compartmentalized, where you would just be seeing this dom no. on the side? Right. Okay. No, no. The best way to be is to just have everything out in the open and have be in a relationship where the person can accept that and love you the way you are. I figured that out. That's the best way to be. Right. And that's what you want. So you have to go further with your wife with, you know, communicating and talking more about, you know, your cross dressing, because like I said, you've done the hardest part, the hardest part, I think, I think a lot of guys listening to this that are around your age or maybe older that haven't yet told their wife and still living a, a double life would be, are so jealous and can't believe that you did it. You survived it. It's not, it wasn't ideal. It's not the fucking movies. You just, you know, open yourself up and everything goes great. Right. You're not fully at the place where she completely accepts it or like allows you to cross dress and everything, but you are, you took some steps that are really difficult that other people wish that they did. And I think you need to take the other steps and do the rest of the work so that you could get to that place that you want to be like fully yourself within your relationship with your wife. And I think that you could get there. Listen, she's a really religious woman. She's all those things, but she didn't leave you, right? She didn't stop having no. sex with you. She did play no. with the dildo once. She asked you to see it. I mean, she had some curiosity about it. I think... With her, it is, like you said, the religious thing, the the judgment that she has attached to it, maybe because of her upbringing and everything. But I think with some work, like I said, you've worked a long time to get to the place where you accept it in yourself. So it's going to take some time for her, but I think you have to continue to talk about it. And I think maybe it would really help if she had, if your therapy with her started, you know, was more about this as well, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I kind of need to, to need to get rid of the fear and, and go ahead and, and talk about it much more and more communication, of course. Yeah, because I think some people listening would be like, what's the fear? You already told her. She knows what you're into. You know, the fear is that she wouldn't want you to do it more like or what's the fear that you show her that it's more in you than she thinks? I mean, what's the fear? Probably, probably that. And then I think the fear is always not accepting you as you are. Right. And since she doesn't really know all of it, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a fear of, well, if she knows all of it, then. But she does she really, know that you cross-dress. Like, what is all of it? What is the stuff that she doesn't know? She doesn't know about how much I cross-dress, like, when I'm alone. Like, she just thinks, you know, she just thinks I wear panties and a bra maybe here and there sometimes, but she doesn't know like that when I'm alone and I'm cross-dressed and I'm playing with dildos and watching porn and all of that. Oh uh, yeah. Right. I don't think she knows all to the degree. Right. Like the feminization fantasies and the cock fantasies and all. She doesn't know all of that. Right. But you could, you know, ease her into it. But I think, you know, you have to get to a place where you could do a little bit more with her. And if you did, you wouldn't be doing so much solo. I think that, like you've said, that it you just want to express yourself even more sometimes when it's when you're trying to figure it out. Right. That's how you act out. So maybe if you started to be able to do more cross dressing with her and the stuff that you're doing with the Dom with her, then maybe you wouldn't be doing so much alone. So I don't think you have to dump it on her like, I'm so into this. I think what you need to get her to agree to is that you guys do it together more, or she knows that you you have the desire to do it more with her. 
and maybe use those toys. Doesn't matter that she doesn't like the toys. You do. Why not? She did it once. You know what I mean? Just you got to keep doing it. I like the way you just said that. To um, do it more with her and mm-hmm. to bring it up as something that we do together instead of me doing it alone. Yeah, and then you won't be like doing that. it alone so much, right? So she doesn't need to th- know that you're doing it so much, you know, and it, you're doing it so much now because you're still not fully out. But maybe when you are with her, it wouldn't feel like so much, you know? Right, right. So that should be your goal. Keep me posted, you know. I, <laughs> I I know we were a little all over the place, like, you know, with this episode, but I've talked to so many cross-dressers. I think for me it was really interesting that you did so much therapy on it. I, it was interesting for me to hear the backstory on that and the connections that you yeah. made. And I think, you know, yeah. your story with your wife is is going to be helpful for others. And then, you know, it'll also be helpful for you when you listen back to your episode. I always tell people that. It's always more interesting to me listening back to the episode Mm -hmm. as a third person. You'll feel the same way. And it's also very therapeutic, I think, for somebody to hear their story as a third person. You know, you'll get something even more out of it when you listen to it. But keep me posted. Thank you so much for calling in. Get your therapist or your guy's therapist on board to talk about it more because I uh, think your yeah. your wife will come around she just needs some more time and you need to talk about it with her more and I do think having somebody a professional there to help with that would would help her right right well I want to thank you for um I love your show and I just want to thank you for you know giving us a platform to tell our story because telling your story is very very cathartic and it's just very it just relieves a lot of stress to just get it out 100 percent. i hear that all the time like i always said i started my show truly because i love helping people my show turned into what it was kind of by accident but i do believe like and i think a lot of people if they haven't ever listened to my show they would just look at the title and be like yeah right how are you helping people like look at the titles of your show but it does help people and i get emails from people that have been on my show all the time i would say 95 percent of the time people are like oh my god thank you so much that was like the best thing it helped me so much and that's why I do my show. So I, I love that you enjoyed yourself. I love that you appreciate my podcast and it has helped you because that's why I do it. Awesome. Awesome. All well, right. You have a great new year. Thanks so All much right. for being on the show. All and I'll right. let you know when your thing's going to air. It, give it a couple of weeks. Okay. Thank okay, you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.